Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to Excellence Expected. My name is Mark Asquith. Today I've got a real treat for you. It's not often that you get to chat with someone with whom you've had many a conversation on social media. And the guest that I have today for you is a chap with whom I've had many a conversation, both about work and about music, and I believe about terrible films and various other bits of nonsense that we all chat about on Twitter at times. And when I decided to set up Excellence Expected, I decided that I wanted some real-life experience, people who are actually living business, people who are doing this for themselves and are struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with, and I immediately thought of this person. So today, I will be introducing to you a good friend of mine from Twitter, and we're going to be talking about how to decide when the time is right to bring in extra resources in the form of an employee or an expanded network of freelancers, and it's something that Certainly when I started the agency up that I run, we really struggled with that. You know, where do you look? When do you look? How do you look? And who the hell do you get on board? Because frankly, who can you trust? So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Duncan Michael McGregor. Welcome, sir. Oh, wow. What an intro. I'm uh, I'm, I'm uh, speechless, which doesn't happen very often. Well, so. this is this is going to make for a good podcast if you're speechless, it, sir. It, it is, it is. I just blame it on the Skype going in and out or something. I love it. Well, welcome to the show. It's been a pleasure. I know you're, you're quite excited to be here. It's, uh, it's something that you've wanted to do for a while, isn't it, a podcast? Well, it is. And anyone who knows me knows I like to t- talk um, a lot. And, um, and um, I've always got an opinion. So, um, yeah, so I, I excuse uh, straight away if I come across as being a, an egotistical maniac with too many opinions, but um, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you can never have too many opinions for this show. Oh so. yeah, that's true, that's true. I'm sure there's some people listening who are going, that isn't that guy off Twitter, is it? He's Scottish. I get that all the time. They're like, no, no, this is wrong. And then they go, oh, you sound really posh. I expected like, you know, like Rob Roy or something to be down the phone. <laughs> He's from the southern UK, what? Yeah. yeah. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and it's like, oh God, I'm so sorry. But there we go. I love it. Well, look, tell us, tell us actually a little bit about you. So you're not from Scotland. What? Where are you from? No. What is your background? I I'm from a small rural town called Tetbury, um, which is in Gloucestershire, Cotswolds. Um, and um, yeah, I, I I first started um, out as a furniture designer, and um, I got out of that and just did web as a hobby. Um, and then I thought, you know what? Um, how about I just try just doing a few sites here and there. So I just, uh, that kind of grew um, and grew and I was working a really awful job, actually um, a mobile phone company selling mobile phones. It was really, really bad over the <laughs> phone, over the phone as well. So you're kind of calling up to sort of say, hi, would can I interest you in a mobile phone? And they think you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> and um, it, it, it kind of got to that point where I was, I was getting asked to do um, websites here, there and everywhere. And I was thinking, you know what, maybe I should just, give this a go maybe I should just start um, my own business my parents run their own business so I was thinking maybe you know I, I blame them really it's in the genes I guess um, and I like an idiot I thought you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this so I worked I managed to get a job who's now with a, a company who, who are now a client actually they make um, 
sledges for the British Antarctic Survey. Oh, wow. And I know it's crazy. <laughs> and so I worked part time with them and, and to get myself off the ground. But I don't have any formal training in web. I was kind of learning as I went. Um, and um, yeah, I learned all the hard way. And that was in 2007. And it wasn't like it is now. Like now you've got like Treehouse, you've got, um, was it uh, Toots Plus? Or t- um, yeah, Toots Plus, yeah, that's Toots right. Plus, yeah. Um, and, and all of these amazing resources. And back then I, I didn't really know much about the community. I, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know a lot really. So I kind of, I started my own business knowing just the very, very basics and, um, and kind of made a lot of mistakes. Um, and, um, yeah. And, and kind of come, I've come all this way really. Um, well, that's, that's a true so. entrepreneurial spirit then, isn't it? That you sort of dive in and think, well, you know, I can, I can give this a go. Let's just see how bad it can be. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know really. I I don't know about entrepreneurial, but maybe maybe a bit naive and a bit stupid. Because <laughs> I, I I was sort of I thought, you know what? I'm early twenties. If you know the worst that happens, I could just have to get a job. You know, that'd be fine. You know, and and I, I was quite su- well supported around me. But I did have you know friends going, oh, you know, well, yeah, well done. You know, that sounds good. I suppose you could get a job, though, couldn't you? Um, if you needed to. And I heard that a lot. People thinking you must be mad going on your own. Um. But um, yeah, here we are now, um, 2014, and um, still still going strong. That's and that's hugely inspirational. I think that's the way that people, as you say, people got certainly into the web industry and also other industries are much like this. But the internet just wasn't what it is today, is it? You know, the, no. there was yeah. nothing out there in terms of support. And I certainly I remember locally and even regionally in the UK, there was nothing really in terms of business support much past now defunct organizations such as Business Link, who actually, yeah. mm, you know, how effective were they? So to see that you've done that and you remain in business seven years later, that's hugely inspirational. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, is, it is interesting how, it, how it's changed and everything. I think um, if I'd started up now, I think I would be quite a few years ahead, um, if that makes sense. So um, I think um, I made a lot of mistakes, which I probably could have avoided by reading a few blog, blog articles and podcasts and things like that. I think that sort of um, it's, it's fantastic industry to be in um, compared to a lot of others out there, because if there is this massive support and massive wealth of knowledge, which is all free and accessible. And I, and I think, um, yeah, if you can learn as much as you can from things and then um, read about it, I mean, it's a double edged sword as well, because. Yeah, I do it now. I'm terrible. I'll read something and it'd be like, oh, such and such. He's 22 and he's got this app and he's made millions and he's, you know, sat in the other and you think, how on earth did he do that? You know, how? Well, they're kind of, you know, everyone seems, that's the other thing is that everyone seems to be more successful than you. You've got to be a bit careful. Take everything with a pinch of salt, I find, <laughs> these days. But um, yeah. I think it's one of those things. I think you're absolutely right. And certainly in in the industry that, that we're both in, you know, the web industry. And I think for any business owner, looking over the fence is so dangerous. I think you do, yeah. you know what it's like. You have to keep an eye on your employees and, and your competitors and everyone within. But you can't in no way gauge your success or your value or, you know, how good your business is based on what employees are doing as freelancers and what competitors are doing out there. Because, yeah. you, you know, yeah. you, I don't know if you're the same, but you kind of got to tread your own path, haven't you? Oh, I know absolutely, and I think um, I think that's the other thing the the web industry and and um, I mean you only got to go on Twitter and and this that and the other. It suffers from that Facebook syndrome a little bit in that everyone puts out an impression. I mean I'm guilty of this, um, but um, uh, it's you kind of give this impression of a, of of 
being a certain way, having a certain kind of work and this, that and the other. And I, I'm sure actually it's, it isn't as glamorous or as um, high rolling as people make out a lot of the time, which I think can be a bit intimidating for quite a few people. And they can kind of be, I've noticed that a lot actually with people who are incredibly talented, but they're there and they're, they're kind of like, Oh God, you know, uh, you know, does this look all right? And does, does that look all right? And they'll put stuff up on dribble and, and this, that and the other. And it, and actually they're incredibly talented, but they just don't have that confidence. Um, and I think maybe that's, that's, that's something to do with that. With There's quite a lot of people out there that aren't necessarily like the best at what they do, but they're incredibly good at marketing themselves mm. and giving that impression that they're amazing. Um, I totally agree yeah. with that. I think, I think yeah. the, the advent of social media and, and, and the wide uptake of, of the fast internet, you know, the super speed internet, it mm. does allow for m- many more people to work in the same kind of space. And, you know, as you, as you said previously, that, that confidence that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily have come up against before because the self-esteem was never an issue. You were the only graphic designer yeah. within 50, 60 miles that you knew about. But yeah. yeah, you're right. These days, everyone's, you know, everyone is, is on Twitter or is on social media. And the guys that, shout the loudest a lot of the time sadly do rise to the top which is very difficult at times mm, um, yeah so tell us a little bit about duck on water then what actually you know what is the business what does it do okay uh duck on water um yeah uh, we don't sell ducks um what? and that's something <laughs> oh yeah we don't sell. i know i know what's that about um and i'm not even overly keen on ducks either <laughs> Um, so there we go. Um, they taste great. Um, <laughs> no, d- Duck on Water. Um, I, I mean, I came up with the name. People always ask me about the name. Um, and the name was, it, it, it kind of appeared really. I, I wanted something that was a bit of a mascot um, kind of thing. Everybody loves that kind of, uh, you know, a, an animal or a, a, a you know, kind of character or something linked with the business. I didn't want to be um, sort of something media or something mm-hmm. web. Um, I want something a bit different and something that's memorable. Um, and like duck, duck, taking like a duck to water, duck on water, sort of crossover a bit like that. Um, and I just sort of ran with it and um, it seems to have stuck. But uh, what do we do? Um, I'm going to say we a lot, even though it's me. <laughs> and I know there are certain people on Twitter who absolutely detest that. Um, but I'm sorry, but that that's just, I mean, I, I tried to change it to, to me. Um, but I, I just found that it wasn't really representative of what I do because I do tend to work with a lot of freelancers. So it is we um, quite a lot of the time. But um, Duck and Water is 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 just mostly me, really. Um, it's just I'm actually a sole trader. I'm not limited um, for now. Um, and um, it's just me, uh, a small office, and I have a, a fantastic group of freelancers which I get on board per project basis. Um, to do um, bits and pieces for me. Well, let's talk about that, actually, the, yeah. the size of the business then. So mm. where are you now? You know, what, what is that network like? How are you finding that? How, how big is it? And where do you see that in the next few years? Right. Um, it's good. It's really good. It's taken me a long time to get there, to find the right people. Um, but I've now got sort of, um, I'd say a handful of people that I really trust and that their work's really good and, um, you know, they turn it around because um, I, I mean that's the other thing that you you sometimes can get your fingers burnt with you know using other people and um you know it's your head on the block at the end of the day so if if they're late with something or something doesn't quite go to plan it might not even be their fault you know something could happen in their personal lives or whatever you know you're in the firing line with the client and um, so it's it's nice to make sure that you know that you've got a 
uh, you know a few, a few good people that you can depend upon um but um yeah it's um it's i'm at a i'm at a bit of a changing point with where i'm where i'm going with everything because it's been great until now using using freelancers um but what i'm finding is quite a few of them are very good and so they've they've kind of over the years been getting more and more i wouldn't say expensive because they're not they're very 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 good value for what they do but their rates have gone up because they've grown as businesses um and obviously my rates have gone up as well and, and i've grown but it's kind of reached that point where it's not necessarily cost effective sometimes to get them on board with things um especially if you're project managing something so you know there's there isn't much in the budget um to to for, you know for, to pay me as project managing on um on a site so that's something i'm struggling with and also because they've grown they've got other commitments and um they've obviously got a lot of other clients other than me so it's kind of trying to get them to fit me in um with with certain projects because you know what it's like if you're working on um, a website you kind of lock down for a set period of time and then you know there's nothing you can do about that you can't really squeeze in you know uh, you know a couple of days here and there necessarily and sometimes you can but you know, for for larger projects, especially, you you, you just can't do it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm currently looking to change the way I work, um, and um, it's it's quite a scary place, really. I I I've kind of been cruising along with the business, and it's been going really well. But I've reached this plateau, and I can't get any further without putting in crazy hours uh, a week. Um, which is really not a good idea, which is what I'm I'm kind of ended up doing. It's like what I used to do when I didn't charge enough. I would work ridiculous amount of hours and I thought it was cool. But um, yeah, I'd work ridiculous amount of hours um, just to make up, you know, for that. And then, um, yeah, it's it's it, I'm, I'm in, a, in a state of change at the moment. So um, it's it's an um, interesting future ahead, I think. I think that's a really, a really valid point that you've made, which I don't think a lot a lot of people really talk about is the fact that you said I used to work a hell of a lot of hours mm. and I thought it was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I used to think that, um, you know, completely coffeeed up, you know, going to bed at, you know, in the early hours, um, you know, especially, you know, right before a deadline, you know, Oh, the site's going live. Oh, you know, I, I stayed up till God knows o'clock and, it's certainly ever and I'll work in another late night and you know I, I you know seven day weeks and things like that I used to think that that was a sign of success because you know you're busy and it sounds good doesn't it everyone thinks oh wow you know fair play it's like badge of honor but um <laughs> it, it it gets old really really quickly and you can't carry on like that because I mean I reached a point a few years ago and uh I, I actually felt like you know what I'm just gonna pack this in I'm just going to, I mean, we all have those days and we go, you know, I'm going to come, I'll become a brickie or something or plaster or, you know, um, and, and just do something without, without that kind of that level of stress. But um, yeah, I, I reached a point where I just wasn't fine enjoying the work anymore because it just felt like I was a prisoner of my business um, and, and of the work um, and I didn't get any free time and I was just burning out um, and I just thought I need to, I need to sort this out and probably one of the best things I did was raise my rates. Um, and I also, um, fired a couple of clients. Um, and <laughs> the amount of times uh, I see people raise their eyebrows at that, you know, the, the concept of firing clients, um, <laughs> I think more people should do it to be honest. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, 
Sorry, I've lost my track. Train of thought now. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, just to pick up on yeah. that thread, really. I think what you said about the badge of honour is, is something that mm. I see every single day and every single week in that you don't necessarily have to be sat there for 18 hours a day to be effective. It's not about the time that you put in, it's about how you use that time. Yeah. And I think that's massive. I think in the early days of a business, you almost do feel pretty cool for working 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days. And as you say, especially on a deadline, I worked till 2am to get that finished last night. Yeah. You know, wow. Just why? Just organize time a little bit better and get it done by five and then go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a real trial by a fire. And I think it almost comes with the territory, doesn't it? You're almost expected to to do that you're almost expected to work those late nights because if you don't how can you possibly be servicing clients yeah yeah absolutely i think there's a very distorted view of, of things like that i mean it i mean some of it is you kind of it's easy to make a rod for your own back because i mean i think a lot of people um especially when you're starting out you, you're too cheap so in order to to you know pay the rent each month you are going to work crazy hours um and also trying to please everybody you know, it's, it's okay that, you know, just to, you know, to, to not please everybody. I think that's, that's, that's just life. I mean, that's just business in general. Mm. You know, you, you, you've got to learn to, to, to be able to say, you know, no, but, but, you know, I can do it next week or in two months time. Um, and, and you've just got to be like, take it on a chin. If someone turns around, they don't like it, then it's not a lot you can do about it rather than going, Oh, you know, maybe I could work that Saturday, you know, don't, don't ever do that. You need to kind of set a line in the sand because you, you, you do it once that person will, will expect you to do that again. Um, and also you'll end up doing that for everybody. Um, so it's like being able to say no, I think is quite important. Um, you know, what's reasonable. You kind of sometimes have to take yourself to one side and go, you know, you know, how, how do I want to live for the next few months? You know, <laughs> mm. Do you want to have a weekend, you know, um, and also being disorganized because um, I'm not the most organized person and running my own business. I've had to I've had to change massively um, and I've had to organize myself. And, and um, you know, there, there are millions of tools which you can use for that. But um, well, if you saw my uh, if you saw my Mac right now, it's literally I'd probably say about 50 percent post-it note. Um, <laughs> I think I think the rest the rest is Mac. It's um, it's ridiculous. Um, post-it notes, whiteboards. Um, I do use Basecamp as well, um, but you can't beat um, stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, generally it's like a mix of those things, you know, um, trying to please everybody, not charging enough and being a bit disorganized at the beginning, I think was a, was a bit of a problem for me. And I think for a lot of people um, and, uh, and they're getting over that mentality that, you know, you don't have to be working crazy hours, don't feel guilty that you're not working all those hours, you know. It's it's about working smarter, not harder. Yeah. I really, I really do believe in that. I believe that entirely as well. I, I entirely yeah. agree with that. I think it's one of the things where, as a business owner, and I know we talk a lot, certainly on this episode about the web because that's the industry that we're both in, and we're, you know we're in design and we're yeah. in digital. But I would, I would hazard that everyone who is running a business has at some point gone through that kind of superhero syndrome where they think, right, yeah. I have to be. A, and there is almost kudos in it. I'm there at 10 o'clock and look, the lights are on. Someone's still there. You know, it's mm. it's almost an accolade. It's, a, you know, people advocate being tired. And yeah. know, I was up till two working. Well, is that really that effective? Is the work that you were doing between yeah. 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., is it really that high quality? And it, 
there's just some questions there, isn't there, that you can ask yourself. Um, and it, it is very interesting. So I guess just to dial it back a touch, how, how did you guys at Duck on Water, how did you decide to take the step into employment and certainly start to ponder employment? You know, what challenges, challenges does that bring for you as an employer or a potential employer? Right. Um, there's, a, there's a few things, really, that what, what I'm considering getting someone else on board is um, uh, one is is um, is obviously bottom line and is using freelancing is for freelancers is fantastic. And then the quality of work is very good. But um, I mean, they they end up charging sort of a closer hourly rate to, to the duck and water hourly rate. And um, so there's when, when you're getting them on board for, for projects, um, sometimes you, you find that you're struggling to have enough money to pay the project management side of things. Um, so that's, that's, that's one, um, that's one thing. Um, um, the other is, is freeing up really the business. Cause I, w- when it's just you or, you know, 90% of um, everything that's going on is, is you, um, like we were talking about, there's only so many hours in the week, which you, um, you can fit in and that, which you want to fit in. Um, so what you tend to find is that I mean, I find with my, my work, I've kind of almost got to make a sacrifice at some point. I've either got to say, look, I'm going to have, you know, my emails are going to be, I'm going to be sending those out, you know, a, a couple of days later than I'd like, because I've got to get this, you know, this design finished, or I've got to get this, um, you know, this, this website um, sorted out. Um, and um, especially as, as um, uh, we've got a, quite a lot of um, uh, re- uh, clients, which we've had over the years, we've got a lot of repeat business from them. Um, in fact, I'd say uh, over the past sort of five years, uh, um pretty much every single client we do work with um, has kept us on. So there's a lot of constant, you know, um, updating of websites and, um, uh, you know, bits of work coming in through that every single week. So um, as regarding new work, it, it kind of struggles to kind of fit in time to get everything done. Um, and so uh, I've kind of reached a point where, um, you know, you can, you know, some people tell you to put your prices up, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, inundated with work, um, you know, bump your prices up. And I think that's true to an extent, but I think when you reach a certain level, it's not so much about, you know, charging um, that extra extra amount and then, and then sort of reducing the amount of people that do um, that do business with you. It's it's more about being able to provide a decent service all around. Um, and that's the thing that I'm, I'm struggling with at the moment. And um, is is to be able to provide you know maintain that decent level of service for all of the clients um while at the same time getting in new projects and bigger projects um and that's something else is that um being able to commit to those larger projects um it's it's it can get a bit complicated say you've got a couple of freelancers working um on a on a larger project um you know that that's too you know, there's two amounts of risk there, really, with those people. You've got to make sure they, you know, they get the stuff in on time, um, which is never normally an issue, but but is in the back of your mind. And and also, you know, they've only got a set amount of period um, which they can fit you in. So say if a client delays on something, um, you kind of have to call up them and say, look, you know, this is going to be delayed and, and it cannot fit in with your schedule. And if they're busy, um, you know, you, that can be a real, real stress, stressful time for everybody. Um, whereas if you've got someone, you've employed someone, um, you know, 
they're they're effectively do do what not do what you say but you know that you you can kind of give them a list of things so maybe handle you know the, the existing client work um and it would free me up then to to grow the business because like i said before um duck and water ticks along very nicely but it it stayed at a level now for a, for a few years where it's very comfortable um, and the work, you know, it's constant work and it's, and it's, you know, you could quite easily carry on like that for the next 10 years. But I, I've, you know, I've, I've always wanted to build a business which, which grew and, and took it to the next stage. And I can't, there's only, there's only so many hours in a week and I cannot um, do that without getting someone else on because it just, there just isn't time. Um, so it, it's it, i put it off for a long time because i'm you know it's, it is quite scary you know i've chatted to different people and you hear all these horror stories oh you know i, I couldn't sleep last night because i don't know if i got enough money to pay my employees and stuff like that and you're thinking oh my goodness me you know this is all quite scary but actually i was talking to um my accountant and she's fantastic and she was explaining to me you know the various options of employment um and i think um I, th- I think um, we we can come to some some kind of uh, arrangement where it's it's not so risky, um, you know, because that, that's that's the thing that's quite scary. I think for most small businesses, I mean, you you probably had this yourself, where you know, getting it's get, taking on that first employee um, is that's that's where I'm at at the moment, and it's it's trying to make the right decision um, and trying to find that right person as well. There's two quite strong challenges there. <laughs> Let's actually talk about that for a second then. Let's just think about that recruitment process. And again, mm. again, I think obviously we talk about it from a digital and design perspective, but I think everyone who is recruiting at whatever level for whatever position in whatever industry probably faces a very similar set of problems when recruiting. So how are you How are you getting around these challenges when you are recruiting? How are you advertising? How are you pulling in the CVs and finding the people? Right. Um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's very early stages. But what I've done at the moment, I I, I was actually contacted by the local um, uh, college, Sarah Sister College, and and um, I'm I'm in discussions with them at the moment. Um, the only thing that concerns me there is is obviously the age of the person, um, and obviously if you get the right person, it's not an issue. But um, you kind of need a level of maturity. Um, I know what I was like at that age and um, I was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> so um, it, it is finding the right person. Um, and the other thing is um, I was going, I'm going to go contacting like the local um, uh, sort of places where the uni connections and things like that. Um, so sort of uni leavers and, and, and those sort of areas. It, it's tricky really. I, I, I didn't really, I don't really want to advertise like, you know, stick on Twitter or oh, looking for, you know, a, a mm. person. Um yeah, I, I kind of want to. It, it is hard, especially rurally. That's what something I'm finding is because you go onto some of these websites and you, you know, for, for headhunting people, um, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of like in, you know, in, in, in Gloucestershire, very rural place, and it's, you know, there's loads of people around, you know, Bristol, um, you know, uh, sort of Gloucester, um, you know, London, um, but it is trying to find those people that are hidden away in my area that's that's a, that's the real tricky part of, it, of what i'm finding at the moment um is, is trying to find the right person and, and where do you look really um so it may it may well come to that i may well end up you know having to sort of tweet about it and try and find people locally um well, let's talk about that tweet side actually what's what's the perception with twitter then how come you are sort of pulling away from that well, how do you find that 
fits into your, I guess, recruitment drive? Um, I'm, I, I've always been quite careful with Twitter. Um, you know, it, I, I would never, um, I would never say to anyone, um, I know some people do it and it works for them, which is great, but I've, I've always been a bit careful about what I put on regarding the business side of things. Um, I mean, if you check my Twitter, it's generally a load of nonsense, to be honest, um, with a few sort of useful links um, and just banter. Um, but, you know, I, I, like I've never really put on there, oh, you know, you know, next month, you know, we're looking for work. So if anyone needs anything doing, we can do that. Or, you know, sort of saying, oh, you know, I'm, I've got a few hours free this, this week, you know, anyone uh, interested in that. I've, I've always been a bit, wary of that because i think that can get interpreted in the wrong way i think um especially through social media because it can give the impression if you're not careful that you haven't got any work and um you know nobody wants to eat in a restaurant which is always dead um you know it's <laughs> um and yeah i suppose it, and it's it's just making sure i don't know really it's i don't see twitter as being a serious thing like that i know people have got work out of it um they do get work out of it regularly and and it's a business tool it works quite well but i my, my personal experience is not that it's it's great for connections within the industry um and you meet some fantastic people and i have you know i've had made some really good freelance connections but actual clients or uh, that that sort of things it's not I've, it's not really ever um come to much it's it's been through google or referral um but um, yeah, so maybe maybe I should reevaluate that and have a look and 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 tweet about it and see if I can get anyone, um, you know, because it's someone. I, that's the other tricky thing I'm finding is that I want it to be, I want them to work in the office with me. I don't want I don't want remote working. I want them to come in and um, you know, sit, um, sit at the office, uh, sit at the desk with me. So uh, it's trying to find that uh, that kind of person. How, how did you do it with your your business? Well, to be honest, we found the same issues that you guys are having in that we we always find it difficult from a brand perspective, e.g. if you, as you say, if you put out there that you're looking for, not necessarily work, but even if you're saying we have a position or we mm. are looking for a couple of freelancers, it's very difficult because especially if clients are looking at that, you are mm. always going to come across a, a perception issue that, well, are these guys too busy? Can they take my job? Mm. These guys... You know, as you say, are they too quiet? What do they need work? Or yeah, you know, it's a real challenge. I don't know how, yeah. especially without the tone of voice that a conversation brings or a phone call. Yeah, you've got to be careful because that's the other thing. You, you you might have a client going, oh well, I don't want them, you know, having the work experience lad on on my site, you know, mm. or or you know, I want people to be have a level of experience before they work on my site. You know, it's a bit like I, I mean, we're all guilty of that, I suppose, isn't it? You wouldn't turn up to the garage with your brand new car, and you know, they've got you know, Darren, the, you know, the, the trainee there, and he's going to work on your car. You'd be like, no, 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 I want the other guy. You know, I'm sure he's very good, but I want the other guy. It's it. I suppose you've got to be careful of that, haven't you? It's all about perception. Yeah. And that's another big challenge, I think, that when you take on your first employee, regardless of the role within the business, when you are such a small business, and again, regardless of industry, there will always be some customer contact from that person. Yeah. And especially a, a business like yours, which is seven years old and, has built up largely on reputation and your own personality. Mm. The challenge is not keeping hold and trying to, I wouldn't say micromanage every client, but certainly handing over some of the relationship to a, another person. Yeah. Yeah. Is a real challenge. You know, it's something that 
I was very uncomfortable with for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess you perhaps feel very similarly to me on that front because you have done everything yourself. That, yeah, that that's the thing, isn't it? Because you can get someone who's incredible at what they do. Um, but when it comes to chatting with clients or a- any kind of interaction, they're, they're just not too hot on it, you know, and, it, and that's fair enough. I mean, some people you know, were more introverted, you know, and, and, and they're not, they find it uncomfortable to chat. Um, and it, it is tricky and, and maintaining that sort of tone of voice, isn't it? I mean, everybody, or they should do, they should, you know, have their, their clear ideas of what their business sort of tone of voice is. Um, and I mean, I think duck on water is quite, um, you know, we get the job done, we're reliable. And, um, but at the same time, we have a sense of humor. We have a great relationship with our clients Um and we're, we're, it's all about long-term relationships as well, and um, with, with the clients, it's um, y- you know, we, it's kind of it's quite nice, really. You, you know, you can end up chatting to a client for an hour about you know this, that, and the other, and it's nothing to do with the job. Um, and they take an interest in you know my life, and I take an interest in their life. It's not just about the work, um, but um, so it's it's finding someone that can handle that side of things as well, because eventually, you know, it'd be nice. To, you know, that they can interact with the clients um, and, and take the pressure off that side. Cause otherwise you'd just be meeting everybody every week, um, you know, rather than, um, rather than actually, um, doing, you know, doing a design work and things like that. Um, yeah. I think you're, I think you're right there as well is, is, you know, in the fact that when you consider the growth of someone within a business, they are naturally just going to become more ingrained within that business. So, mm. you know, it, the sign of a healthy customer-client relationship is the fact that you do have the one-hour conversations and you actually only yeah. talk about work for 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's really it's really scary, actually, to, to say to someone, look, this is now your client or I'm going to start to introduce you to this client because you do feel as if you are losing a lit a little bit of a connection which yeah, yeah. there's no way around that is that you just can't help it you do have to do it um, yeah let, it, letting go of the reins a bit yeah and, yeah. and stopping you know, stopping yourself getting involved in every little thing because no one likes a micromanager no one likes someone looking over the shoulder oh no 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 it's awful um that yeah it, that's and it's a I've, I've had that in previous jobs you know where you're you're cracking on with everything but it's like you know your boss or your manager they don't quite trust your abilities you know <laughs> they, they're kind of like and you know you, you're fine with me doing this yeah it's fine it's fine and then before you know it you know they're like oh i had looked through such and such and you sure you you know you're okay with that you checked that and uh oh i've already done that and you you know it undermines that it's a hell of a trust thing isn't it i think that's what it comes down to is being able to trust that and getting the right person for that. Um, and also someone that's malleable as well. Um, you know, you kind of, you do kind of, that's what it appealed to me, having someone who's maybe fresh out of uni um, or college in that, you know, they, they haven't been running their own business for a while or they haven't got certain preconceptions about things. Um, so you can kind of, um, I suppose, sort of influence them to a degree and, um, of, of how you like to do business and, and that, that sort of business model and, and, and that kind of, um, that kind of feel rather than someone coming in, who's very good at what they do, but they've got distinct ideas and they're like, well, no, I wouldn't do that. And I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, and uh, sort of contradicting. Um, cause I think that can be terrible for when, for businesses, when you, uh, when you have sort of contradictory things or, 
you know, we, we, we've all had that when you're dealing with one person um, with a, a project and then they're away or, or, or maybe they can't make a meeting or two. Um, and then you're dealing with another person who's got completely different opinions um, and direction and uh, it's very destructive. So yeah, having something that would, you know, maintaining that consistency, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the, the likelihood of the person that you employ being able to grow with the business is something that is very difficult to assess and very difficult to measure early on, especially through an interview process, because <laughs> it's rare that you get the genuine person at an interview. It's always oh, yeah. afterwards. And I, um, I'm the king of interviews. <laughs> you're the king I, of interviews. I am the king of interviews. The amount of times I've had employers, usually um, when they're sort of like letting me um, saying, we won't take you on full time. Um, <laughs> they said, you know, I've had that before. I had, um, yeah, you interviewed really well, like sort of saying, you lying bastard. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that on there. <laughs> You'll have to bleep that out. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I've, yeah, I've, I've been able to get most jobs. Um, whether I can do the job um, is another matter, but I've always been able to wing the interview. Um, so, yeah, have, having, I, I know sort of the tricks and it, it, it's quite easy to kind of get in with a business, isn't it? But, um, so it's, you've got to be, be careful who you take on that that was some advice i was given actually was um being upfront with someone because i want to be completely honest with someone i don't want someone to kind of me to take them on and they go oh great right i'm going to uh i'm going to buy a new car and finance and i'm going to go and uh you know take out a mortgage um you know i don't want them to feel like they can just make life-changing things with because i've just taken them on on, on the business I, i'm going to be very clear with them and say look you know let's try this this is a new thing for the business getting someone on board you know if if it works out then long term this is going to be fantastic for you and me but there is a possibility that it won't go to plan and that we're incompatible or you know it, it just doesn't work out um so that's something i'm going to make sure that i'm completely honest with someone so again, that's, that's no one, no one probably wants to hear that, you know, cause you want to know that you've got a job and it's, it's all sorted. You don't have to worry about it. But I think, um, that's quite in, in, important. I've, I've had jobs before where they, they weren't, you know, they weren't upfront about it and actually they were just trialing people, you know, on a, on a three month basis. Um, um, and it, but they made out that, you, you know, you're employed, you, you're going to be there for six to 12 months guaranteed. Um, and then they sort of turn around and go, actually, you know, we're, we're trialing a group of people. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's something else. And and um, my accountant, actually, she she was saying about um, zero hour contracts. Mm. Um, and uh, although it sounds I, I know they had a like, thing with Sports Direct and they were being um, uh, dodgy zero hour contracts. Um, she was saying it, it, it can be a good way of employing someone without the risk. Um, but um uh, yeah, so I mean that that might be something to look at. Um, although I won't be paying them a minimum wage because I'll be paying them more than that because I think that's that's way too little. <laughs> <laughs> I think the yeah. uh, the zero hour contracts are something that they, as you say, with Sports Direct and certain other you know larger institutionalized companies mm. dealing with people how they have. I think the zero hour contracts have perhaps gotten a little bit more of a bad rep than yeah. they deserve, and. You're absolutely right in what you're saying about the, you know, the minimum wage and the way that people are, are paid and the way that people are uh, treated as well. Not as, mm. not as not only the financial remuneration, but the actual way that they're treated. 
it's not at all reflective of the actual concept of zero hour contracts, is it? So no, there is something no. in that which I think is it's worth exploring, most certainly. Absolutely, and in fact, I um, I saw uh, on Treehouse and uh, uh, Paul Boag um, had a very good how to run your web design um, business uh, uh, course on there, um, and I I did it. Um, I had a leg operation recently, and I had a lot of spare time, so I I went on there and had had a had a look on it, and it was actually fantastic. I recommend everyone goes on there and have a, a, and watches it and the, the advice he gives you. But one of the takeaway things from that I found was um, that it, you know, value the person you're taking on. Um, and it's something that spoke to me because I've, I've had so many awful jobs where I wasn't valued. And um, and, and it's like, well, you know, if you, if you can only pay someone the minimum wage, then, you know, you, that's all you can pay them. But say you did a good job and at the end of it, you know, there's a little bit of profit in the kitty. Um, and, you know, why don't you share that around a little bit? You know, give them a, a, a bonus to kind of just say, you know, Thanks for that. Appreciate the work and the effort mm. you made. You know, it's it's things about that, isn't it? it building up um, that kind of relationship with with people that work for you, and um, I think that can be incredibly beneficial. Um, and and again, that goes along with you know, someone's more likely to be happy and and carry on that kind of um, you know that feel of the business and the, the kind of the the jolly sort of emails and the, the the client interactions and things if they're feeling that actually I'm valued I'm getting you know I might not be getting the best wage but that should hopefully change but I'm my work here is valued my you know my opinion's valued and and those those sort of things and um, so that that's going to be quite an important thing as as well I think that's a really good mentality to take into that as well so a lot certainly a lot of bigger companies think they're doing a cracking job if they give you a free gym membership the <laughs> yeah. ping pong table in the kitchen and there's a you know there's a few drinks in the fridge for you and that you know it's all nice but it feels a bit 2001 you know it's yeah. all a bit it's a bit contrived now isn't it and i think that it's almost a partnership setup as opposed to a, an employer employee master servant role it's not yeah. like that anymore it very much is around partnerships and both ways being able to converse on an equal plane it's not about dictation is it no absolutely and um and i i I absolutely love it when someone calls me out on something and i'm wrong um because you know it's 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 almost like avoiding stuff isn't it avoiding an accident someone says you know watch out i think it it's amazing what people will bring to bring to something a whole new perspective and actually well why don't we try it this way um because i think as a small business you have to be flexible and you have to change over times and i think that's why a lot of small businesses in the recession did such a good job of staying afloat and actually a lot of people chatting to them that their, their businesses have, have never been so good i think it's because you can be flexible and um and having that agility of, of kind of an attitude of of having you know bringing someone on board and all, all of you working as a team and bringing new ideas and new concepts um, and perspectives on things because um, everyone's got different backgrounds everyone's got different you know education different life experiences and i think that does all come through your work it might sound cheesy but i i do think that that's what makes you so you can bring something to the business and it the business ends up being stronger for that and um, I, I think um there's, there's there's quite a lot of companies especially like larger ones and like you said it's all very um, it's all very generic it's like they saw it in a film so they're like oh let's just stick that in you know we'll put in a games machine in, in there and that, they'll be happy with that um, it's actually being valued for an individual rather than um, you know rather than uh, sort of like a generic 
sort of you know one size fits all for everybody um, i think it's an interest again another interesting thread there is that it's not necessarily the skills that make you important or valuable within an organization is it it, it really is about how you are wrapped up as a person like you said the life yeah. experiences the opinions the subjectivity that make it just makes us all so individual and it's it, it's not just about those skills it's about how you take the skills and apply them using that subjectivity and using the experience of what's gone before and I think it's fantastic that you've got the attitude you know if I was coming to you for an interview I'd be so pleased and so you know, I'd be excited because it's, you know, I could join an organization that's growing. It's It's been around for seven years. It's growing. There's some ambition. And yeah, you're right. Look, you know, it is a risk, but mm. I'm joining an organization where I can have some fun and I can actually, I can actually be part of that again, as corny as that may sound. It's just, it's just fantastic. And it just, for me, is a reflection of how business is being done more and more mm, it's, yeah. it's certainly more open these days isn't it it's not like it used to be shall we say uh, absolutely i mean um you know i it's not to be confused with the sort of group hugs and uh, <laughs> you know oh let's let's let you know let's all go away on team building exercises and all that rubbish um <laughs> it's it's about i mean the, the amount of stuff that you read and you hear about with business and it it does make me laugh because at the end of the day, you know, we're all animals and we all, it's all about personalities as well, because it's people buy from people, you know, you could be, you know, the best that what you do in the world. Um, but if you go in there and you're incredibly rude to the managing director and, you know, and patronizing and it comes across really badly, you won't get that job. You won't get it that someone else will get it. Who's maybe not as good as you, but you know, they engaged that person much better and they didn't, you know, they, they didn't do all of that. And I, I think it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's absolutely vital to, um, to, to employ people that, that that's what I'm saying is that, and I think that's what's scared me so long is that trying to find the right person. Um, it feels like a bit of a tall order, really. It's like, I'm trying to find this perfect person, which I'm not, I'm not trying to do that at all. Cause I'm, you know, I'm far from perfect, cracky. Um, but um, it maybe someone with complementary skills. That's something else. I'm not looking for someone who, who's just like me, who does the same kind of stuff and has got the same outlook on life and this, that, and the other. I, I in fact, I'd like someone maybe who's um, slightly the opposite with certain areas because I think that would make the business stronger. Um, and I think I would, it would make me do business better. Um, and so, it, yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm rambling. I really like now. it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think that's that's fantastic. I mean, that kind of approach is so refreshing. You, from experience, certainly on on, on my side of the uh, you know side of the, the 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 north of England, I guess. Yeah. You, you 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 do see so much where people do just want to find a carbon copy of themselves, yeah. either <laughs> as a business partner or as an employee, or you know. And what's the point? As yeah. you say, you, you know, you've got gaps, you've got gaps in your knowledge, you've got skills yeah. that you're perhaps not as good at, and your personality, frankly, just won't fit with everyone. So if you walk mm. into see a managing director of a global firm, then you just may not get on with that person. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't get on with them, even though you can do the job fantastically, you'll just not get that job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So being able to send someone else in with a complimentary one set of skills, but also maybe a personality that's wildly different from you, then... yeah surely you double your chances and you just a more rounded business aren't you absolutely um and i i mean it's you know that, that even goes for people's personal life isn't it you often find that in relationships um you know 
having certain things where you clash on is fantastic because mm. if you're both the same in, in pretty much every aspect, you you know, it, it can uh, get, you know, they generally aren't the relationships which last. And I think that goes through through business as well. I, I, I really do. And it's interesting what you were saying about um, going in and, and meeting, you know, say as, as a company wants to do business with you and you end up meeting the person that's, that's dealing with that. Um, you know, I, I, I've had that before where you, you, you go in, you're chatting to the person and you, you, you're trying to you'd work out stuff. And for whatever reason, you just don't click, you know, and it's it makes life a lot harder. It really does. You you can you know, you'll do your best and everything. But my goodness me, it, it, it can make a project turn into quite a chore. You know, um, I mean, it, you, you know, you're obviously professional and you, you carry on and do everything. But you you know that project would probably been a lot better if you were both you know sort of on the same page and you get that kind of chemistry really i suppose you know you know because you you have other times and you go and you meet the people and you go oh you're chatting away and before you know it it's like two hours have gone by you've got some fantastic ideas and actually you started off on oh we're going to do a website which does this, this and this and it, and then you've, you've kind of grown the ideas in just that one meeting um whereas some other times you go in and it's kind of and that and that comes down to the personality you know it, it just doesn't quite click so it's it all it's all quite formal and quite um you know regimented and 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 linear really it's like right we're going to do this and this and uh, you know it doesn't mean it's you know any any less of a, a project but um it could have been so much more um if you know if there was that chemistry but um oh it sounds all very touchy-feely doesn't it maybe we'll have a group hug after this <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening out there wants to join in a group hug just Jump on the comments and let us know, and we'll uh, we'll maybe book something. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort something out. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, listen, we've we've talked quite a lot about the you know the background to employing someone, and we've talked quite a lot about. I, I really enjoy the fact that we've spoken about the personality side of it and the compatibility mm. and subjectivity that goes around finding the right person. But I just want to touch on now. For people that are out there listening, the guys that are in any kind of industry, they're in any kind of business, but they are perhaps a one-man, two-man, three-man, five-man band, and they are looking at getting their, perhaps the first employee, or building a network of freelancers where perhaps they haven't done that in the past. What are the three main, I guess, actionable takeaways? What are the three main things that you would recommend people do prior to even considering making an employee? Right, the three, the three things. Um, I suppose um, that I mean, what the, coming from my experience where I'm at at the moment, um, it was to identify really first. You know, is it needed? Um, and I mean, I've literally been putting it off for probably two years now, if I'm honest. Um, uh, it's all been going very nicely, thank you very much, and I don't need that. You know, it's it's been one of those. Um, so I think it, it's being honest with yourself. Um, you know, I think, I mean, being honest with yourself where it you know comes to dealing with your money or you know um, or, or, or anything, you know, trying to you know lose weight or you know, it's, it's, it it starts off with about being honest, writing stuff down on paper, and um, and it and and so for me, it was it was kind of identifying that is there a need for it because it you know it sounds great, um, but but do I actually need to employ someone? You know, uh, uh, you know, so I, you kind of like I went through and I sort of ticked off everything, you know, right, and our rates aren't, they're not too cheap. They're not the most expensive, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're decent going rate. 
Um, you know, everybody, the clients are they're happy with everything. And, you know, it's not like we're trying to do too much, you know, sort of pleasing everybody, that, that sort of mentality um, um, at detriment of the business. Um, pretty organized, got the systems all, all seems to be going on, you know. So it's once you've kind of been honest with yourself and you're kind of writing down, it's sort of like analyzing your own business, which is quite hard. Because it's also you as well, because if you are the business, if it's just you on your own, it can get quite personal because you can kind of be like, actually, I'm not very organized. And, you know, I, I kind of spend most of my day looking at cat videos and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, that's quite an important part of running your own business. But, um, you know, it doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. So once once I read, read all that down and, and identified that, yes, actually, I, I could really do with someone. Um and it, it was it's it's sort of um, writing down the, the, the sort of things of what 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 kind of person I'm looking for, um, like what we were just talking about, really um, finding, you know, identifying sort of areas which I'm not necessarily that good at. Um, again, that comes down to honesty thing, because if you know, I'm, I, if, if you it's, it's quite easy. I think everyone thinks they're better that than they are at things i mean i certainly am i think i'm an amazing tennis player and i'm actually not very good at all um but um so so finding you know things things that, that i'm not necessarily are my strong points um and also what what are, what do i want to do you know for the next you know three to five years do i want to be you know um you know sort of client side do i want to be you know coding and designing or do i want to be just designing um so is identifying what are the things i really want to do what things am i not very good at and what things i'm not particularly wanting to do and um, so sort of making a list of those sort of things and and then uh, yeah it's about sort of whether it's going to be viable you know how how do i take on someone i don't want to Take, take on someone um you know on a, on a 12-month contract um you know with a salary of 30 grand a year because i just couldn't you know the business isn't at that stage where it could support that so how do i almost gradually ease into it because that, that was always my fear i didn't want to kind of jump into it and then the whole business be really badly affected mm -hmm. by it um because you you know again i've heard stories that you know so and so employed so and so and you know it, it was awful it worked out really bad you know and and you, you kind of get scared and put off but so um easing into it maybe with the the idea of the zero contract hours um but having a decent you know a decent wage or or maybe just saying look you know how about we just try it for three months um i can pay you this amount as a base rate um but you know on a on a sort of almost like a performance but no it sounds patronizing um but more more of a performance of a project so say a project went really well we turned it around really quickly we've got you know there's, there's more profit there to go around it's sharing and involving them in that um so i think you know that that might be appealing for someone who's maybe doubting whether whether they you know they can take that kind of commitment um yeah sorry i'm not sure if that's three <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think just to kind of recap those into a, a bit of a list then, I think if anyone out there is struggling as as, as you have been and, and frankly as I have been in the past, if anyone out there is listening and is struggling to decide whether employing someone is right for them, just to recap mm. that list then. So carry out some business analysis. So yeah. Yeah. are you too cheap? Are you working 
way too many hours are you working on 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 the superhero syndrome basis where you have to be sat there doing the work all of the time because that's the thing that you need to do i love that term (laughs) (laughs) superhero syndrome i think we've all suffered from that um so yeah are you too cheap are you trying to please everyone and you know can you can you actually accept that saying no to someone is all right and can you phrase that in such a way that you keep the right sort of client therefore you know, saying no is not necessarily a bad thing. And are you actually, are you a bit more disorganized? Are you watching the cat videos all day? Is that something that's eating into your time? Do you, do you have a flagship task to complete every single day? So some business analysis, Mm. are you too cheap? Are you trying to please everyone? Are you disorganized? But also two cracking points that you made there being, what do you want to do as a business owner? It's not necessarily as a manager, Mm. as a business owner, what, can you do to become more effective? What can you do to raise your enjoyment from your working life, from your business? What what can you do to stop your business running you and you actually start to run your business? And the last one, which I really, really liked, was starting to talk about what kind of skill set do I want? What type of person do I want? So do I need someone with complementary skills? Do I need someone with <laughs> an entirely different personality to me? Someone that can deal with the people that perhaps I can't deal with. So I think that's a huge, huge point. So just to recap the three, analyze your business, figure out what you want to do as a business owner and figure out the type of person that you want. And also, I guess, just to tag on to that, mm. the type of employment that you want to give them. Is yeah. it the zero hours? Is it something else? Is it a short-term contract? Is it a fixed-term contract? Yeah. Is it a, is it just some ongoing freelance relationship for a short while? Who knows? And and I suppose also, um, to add on to that, um, that will dictate the, the kind of um, person, well, not person, but the kind of um, business person you are going to be. Um, so if, if I'm going to get, say, hypothetically, I got some on board, just just to do the coding stuff um, because I want to do all the designing and, and the client side side of things or you know that that means for the next you know for however long that person's employed for I'm just going to be the designer um, rather than being you know the code you know the coder mm-hmm. problem solver or the, or the project manager um, it's going to be a bit of that so I, I suppose that that you kind of almost want to know what you want to be doing as well what do you want out of your business? Um, you know going forward because the decisions that you make now are going to affect that by whoever you take on I think that yeah I entirely agree I think that's huge I think the there's a lot of merit in deciding not necessarily what you enjoy doing versus what you are good at and what you're most effective at there's not necessarily any issue in saying well look I do enjoy developing but am I most effective doing so yeah. Or, as you say, can I make more profit? Can I be happier? And can I give someone gainful, willful and happy employment mm. taking this job away from me? Even though I do enjoy it, is it the best use of my time? Yeah. And as you say, that kind of shapes the business for a long time, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, that's something I've learned using freelancers, actually, because um, <laughs> it's one of those things. I've, I've done it before because I'm, I'm terrible, especially if there's a code problem. I'm like a dog with a bone and I'm like, <laughs> no. I'm going to do this. I don't care. It's taken me four hours to do this, but I'm going to crack this. Um, and then I'll just send it over to, to one of the great guys that I use. And um, 
oh yeah 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 i can do that yeah probably about an hour yeah and i'm kind of a little part of me dies inside and thinks why didn't i just do that in the first place <laughs> you know i i could have been doing this that and the other and and you know i could be well ahead of my week if i hadn't have just just said look why don't you you, you just do it it's fine um you know it's i think sometimes you think you can cut corners um you know be like oh, actually no no you know i, I want to kind of i'll do that myself but actually it's just inefficient um it's better to get someone who does that all the time i think that's that again is is a, a big a big big thing and it, i think it's a transition from being a someone who started a business because they enjoyed what they do mm. and can make money doing that the transition from being that person into being a business owner that let, letting go of that kind of mentality is a huge step towards becoming the business owner it's, yeah it's a huge change in mentality absolutely i think it's um it it, it can be very hard i think and i think it's hard to um uh you almost kind of want to like i said about being honest with yourself um you almost need to kind of get away from your business for a little bit and have a think about think about things because it, it can be very hard to if you're right there in the thick of it and you're going from one job to another job to another job you never have time to think about these things and to get clarity on it and that's something i've, I've found especially recently i had I, I took six weeks off um because i i mean i was doing some bits of work at the end but i probably had three weeks where i didn't um do any any proper client work it was just sort of me working on this that and the other and, and it, having that time to think about the business and taking time out and um, put a lot of things in perspective for me and, and I could actually um, make the right decisions rather than um, kind of going looping around in my head looping around in my head because it's it is it's so easy for someone to sort of say oh you want to do this this and this especially when you hear the podcast or you read a blog and you go okay that sounds really good and you're really genned up aren't you for that for that while well, that hour or that day or that week um, and then before you know it, you're kind of back in the rat race again. And so I'd, I'd say to anyone, try and um, take a bit of time out and and, and think about things um, because it is hard, um, especially if you're trying to you know get work in and out of the door um, to, to, to get these sort of things in perspective a bit. Listen, that's a fantastic, fantastic way to close the show. I think we've been uh, we've been running for around an hour, which seems fantastic. It's oh my goodness! How, yeah, time <laughs> flies, but. Uh, some fantastic advice there. So if you are thinking about diving into the world of employment or you're considering expanding your freelance network or you just have any dilemmas around finding the right sort of person or whether employment is for you, those three things that you can do, analyze your business, ensure that you're not, you're not losing out yourself by underpricing or working too many hours on the wrong type of client. Are you losing time by being disorganized? Think about what you want out of your own business and also think about the type of person that you would love to work with. Duncan, I think that's fantastic advice and I thank you so much for joining me. No, thanks for having me. It's been great. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Well, listen, guys, that's it. We'll put a pin in that for this week. And I want to thank you all once again for listening. If you do enjoy the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. If you enjoy what you hear, I'd love you to leave a very honest review and by all means, head over to excellence-expected.com for more exclusive content. And don't forget, you can pick up a free copy of my ebook, which will prove a template and a workbook and a blueprint for you to gain one more hour every single day for you to enjoy the things that you want to do. 
Thank you once again. My name is Mark Asquith. Duncan, thank you, sir. Thank you. Catch you next time.